Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Do you find the time when you can't find pause or confirmation what your face is going to open some doors? You do what you gotta do, stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. And this is a little break from tradition. I am here with the wonderful Boys Taste Better with Nutella Crew for an extra taste. That's really heavily into the microphone because I'm excited. Also, my name is Peter Wood, and I'm back again with another episode on Stumble Through Podcast. It's going to give me nightmares for a long time now. It's just Peter heavy breathing into the mic. I have abs from long time. Oh my god. Do it again. All right, all right. This is going to make the cut. We're not going to cut it. This is a raw episode. I'm just kidding. I'm not. No, but this is definitely going in the cut. All right. This is, thank you for listening. And I've introduced myself clearly. And now to my other partner here. Hi, I'm Kristen Mulroney, and I am in slight pain (laughs) from laughing so hard. But we'll stumble through it. Oh, pun intended. There it is. Whoop, there it is. Alrighty, so we are here to cover some questions that we didn't get to in the podcast episode. So, question that I have for you is money. How Mm. much do you need roughly when, uh, how much do you need roughly? What are the stages of paying it? And how do you get it? I feel like I should take this one because Peter doesn't do the money. But before you say anything, a lot of money. Yep. A lot. Lots. All right, lots. I, I, I'm checking out. All right, Kristen, you check it. <laughs> so, um, it is not cheap. And what I'm going to sort of go through a little bit, and please tell me if this gets really dull and really boring. I mean, look, we're all about practical advice here, so it doesn't matter if it's dull and boring. You can either be bored now or you can cry later. Exactly. There, there might have been times that I've been sitting in the corner with a bottle of whiskey just, like, crying over spr- spreadsheets. But... I believe that's called self-soothing, so. Okay. <laughs> but it's very nice whiskey. It's like a Del Winnie 15-year-old or something Ooh. like that. Like, it's, it's nice. Mm. It's not that sad. Um, so I'm not taking into account flights and accommodation here because I don't know where you're based and if you have to actually travel. So... Everything I'm saying here, keep in mind that flights and accommodation are on top of that. I'm also not taking into account actually paying yourself. Uh, this is literally <laughs> to put the show on. Okay. So, right. 
Um, I've got my computer in front of me and there's a couple of spreadsheets. So registration. So this is just registering for the Fringe Festival. That price can be anywhere between three seventy-five to four thirty usually, and Jeez. that is that is for a, a, a ticketed event. Free shows are a little bit cheaper, mm-hmm. but you still have to pay. So registration. Um, just to confirm, when you like submit your application, is that the fee there, or is applying for the show free? So, you just. Um, I think the term application is probably a little bit misleading. You mm-hmm. just have to register your event to be in the festival. Oh, so, so you're this not, is the fee. This is the fee. Oh. So you can start your registration form mm-hmm. and sort of save it as you go along mm-hmm. and foreign venues. Mm-hmm. So if you get to the day before registration forms are due and you still don't have a venue you like, you can just cancel the form. Oh, okay. Phew. It's fine. Okay. But... Uh, this is just to register your event to be a part of the festival. Cool. Is yeah, up to yeah. from what I've paid so far is four hundred and thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. That then you can sometimes pay to apply for the hub, mm-hmm. and that's just to put your application in. You can still get rejected. Cool. You're just paying fifty dollars to put an application form in to perform in the hub. Fun. Um, oh, um, what I wanted to go to, in the episode you mentioned that all you have to have in terms of documentation is your certificate thingy to prove that you have public liability insurance. Public liability insurance is another cost on top of that. I mean, you can find a cheap one. Like, I know that the one that all the people I use who are performers use is Duck for Cover, and that's cheap as chips, super easy. When you say cheap as chips, it's about $300 and something. Dollars. Yeah, yes, and that's still does... cheaper than a lot of other Oh, no, I'm just saying, and I use Duck for Cover as well. I mm. think they've been great. I've been using them for three or four years now. Mm. It covers all your artists, mm. um, but keep in mind that doesn't include equipment insurance yeah, as well that would be right. on, on top of it and if you're doing anything like with fire or anything with circus there'll be mm. more money as well so okay so it's 430 for the registration fee approximately but like yeah. it can be a little bit cheaper than that but yeah and then it's about 300 for the public liability so we're almost a grand in and we haven't even like done, done anything, anything. <laughs> wow we said that at the same time <laughs> Very much so. Also, before we carry on, I just have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> sorry, before I got Kristen on board for Nutella, I accidentally registered Nutella and to Adelaide Fringe Festival. And you paid? No, 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 but I filled out the whole application. I was like, I just want to know more about the festival. And so I filled out the whole thing, and it was an event. It was like an actual thing. And then I get emails from the festival going, "Oh, what venue are you using? We need to like update the website." And I was like, oh. I, was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, oh my god, no!" And then and then like oh, no. they're not emailing about like the registration free. I was like, "Careful, careful! This is not what I intended. Take me off this, Kristen. I need a producer. Please help me." So that's that was the catalyst of me asking. This is like the most aggressive. You've left this in your car for a while, and we've noticed you haven't actually bought it yet. Mm. I have ever heard in my life. It's pretty pretty standard. They're pretty on top of it. Like, wow. You do get phone calls going. Yeah. We've seen you started your application process. Are you coming? Yeah, so that I just had to get it off my chest because what you said about all the registration stuff Mm. just reminded me of it. You took me back. All right, I'm checked out. (laughs) Check out again. Um, then the next thing is you have your venue hire. Mm. Now, that's up to the venue, 
they will either do a flat fee or they'll do a percentage of ticket sales. So we did three nights in Perth. That venue hire was $560 for three nights. We're what doing did that include? Like, just the venue. But, like, did you have access to it in only particular times? Did they help with pack up, pack down? Was I suppose that's venue-specific. That's that actually is, useful. Yeah, it's a very venue-specific. Most of them, oh, I don't want to generalise like that, there will be some, some things that are included in that, like some sound, like they might have microphones you can use, they'll have some lighting you can use. Most of the time they'll give you front of house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them will also give you two hours tech time. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want the show to be terrible either. Yeah. They want to give you that two hours tech time. Um, but in terms of um, bump in, bump out, no, you have to do that all your own. I haven't come across a venue that's offering that. Um, they'll put up posters for you and put up flyers as well. But they, they're not marketing your show. Yeah. They're marketing all the shows that are going on in their venue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just, it's usually you're just paying for the stage. Um, so, for example, uh, when we're going to Melbourne Fringe, mm-hmm. um, I'm we're doing five nights there, and I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars venue hire mm-hmm. for five nights. Wow! I never hear the stuff by the way, you people. Like I just, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. an actor. In the <laughs> I try to not stress you guys out about this. I think that's part yeah. of my job. Like if I'm stressing you out about money, how are you focusing on being creative? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because you were talking before about um just to totally derail this conversation for a moment. Uh you were talking before about like the separation between the business and the actual work and how that kind of if you don't have at least a little bit of a separation there, it can kind of negatively impact the work itself. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about how you've managed that with Boyd's Taste Better with Nutella? I think actually Peter should do that because I think it'd be nice to see what Peter, like I can say what I think I'm doing, mm-hmm. but whether I'm actually doing it or not, I think is another question. Oh. Well, uh, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can I repeat the question? So we talked a little bit about like, separating the work, like so the artistry, the creativity, dramaturgy yeah. and all that from the actual money-making business side of things and how that can be beneficial in having that boundary. Because, oh. yeah, because if, if you're worried about, like, bums and seats, that might make you, uh, I, assuming, uh, that might lead you to make creative decisions that would negatively impact the show but might make it appear more commercial or something. So you get the bum in the seat, but, uh, eh. I prefer, for myself, I can only speak on my experience, to kind of not be involved with all the business stuff. Like that involves like the money and all that jazz, just because that would linger in my mind and it would be hard for me to be in the rehearsal process and the performing process and kind of put myself like, oh wait, I'm here to be a character, but I also will stress out if I know how much I paid for the venue and I can only see five bombs on seats. Not mm-hmm. saying that we only had five months on seats one night, but I'm just saying, like, that if that happened, I would stress and then the show would be bad. And then, like, what if there was a viewer in that one of those mm-hmm. one of five bum seats? So yeah. it's to kind of separate myself and be solely just a co-director and performer in a production has helped my creativity as well. I can, I won't speak for Kayla, but I could see in Caitlin's work as well that it's helped her as well. Yeah. Just because when it was just us two, when we had to kind of 
focus on that when we did it for short and sweet, like about money and about whatnot. It just it really hindered our process. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why we really approached Kristen because she's amazing at what she does. A great co-director and Aww. an amazing producer who definitely doesn't stress mm. stress us about money, which I'm not going to name names, but I've come across producers who have stressed me about mm. money, um, which is not fun, uh, being an actor. Mm. Um, I think for me, if there's something that they want and I know we can't afford it, I will offer alternative suggestions. But that's, like, different to, like, going, okay, hey, here's the spreadsheet. Uh, uh, what do you reckon we could put in Act 4 to get more, like, bums on seats in? What can we do? Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, you know, the ability to say no to your actors sometimes. Like, I think Peter said, oh, I really want a new costume. And I was like, there's no costume budget. Mm. It's literally <laughs> zero. Yeah. yeah. So you can have a costume, but what are you willing to not have then? Yeah. And it's just having that conversation with them. So I'm not actually giving them exact figures. Mm. I'm not saying... Well, I'm saying this now because Peter's here, but I was working out how many tickets we have to sell a night mm. to make break even in Melbourne, and it's actually scared me a little bit. Oh, fun! So, you know. Yeah! But Peter doesn't see that, and yeah. he's just not going to listen to that part. No. I, I, I clocked out the second that was brought up, and I'm, <laughs> I've clocked back in now. Okay, good, so. yeah. good. No, it's fine. I think it kind of that boundary and what it affords you on either side of it is sort of links back to what Elizabeth Gilbert says in Big Magic about how you don't demand that your creativity pay for itself mm. or, like, put a roof over your head and how, like, that's really beneficial. No, 100%. And I think it's – I think you said it maybe in the previous episode. If you're not good at money, find someone that is. Yeah, because, like, you don't have to be good at everything. No. Like, ugh. 100%. And I think that's something I've really learned in my career is there's just some things I'm terrible at. Like, if I'm just mm-hmm. – if there's been shows that I've directed and produced at the same time, like this, I'm co-directing, so there's a share of the workload. But if I'm just directing and producing the show, I've been so stressed because I've been stressing about the creativity and then I've been stressing about the money at the same time. And I now know next time I'm going to actually have a production manager because I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's a, like a key learning. And I don't think it makes you any less of an artist or, or anything to go, actually, you know what? These two things at the same time, not good. Also, me doing this thing, no. Like, it, it just doesn't serve you all the work. No, 100%. Because, like, I had to decide whether I was going to spend time doing script analysis or time making posters and getting them distributed. Oh, no. Both. You had to do both. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to do both, though. Yeah. So, ah. yeah, it's also mm. helping with that. Fair. Um, already going back to the money talk. Okay. So we've gotten registration and then venue. Yes. Now what? Uh, she asks apprehensively. Yeah. <laughs> um, pay for your APRA. What's that? Um, so APRA is music licensing. Oh. So you have to go through uh, the APRA organisation to apply for music. They might turn around to you and say, no, the artist doesn't get that. Like, there's some artist, like the Beatles or Disney. You'll never get the licensing for a Disney song in a billion years. So don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Um, or they might say, yes, you can get the license for that song. Or they might say, no, the licensing for that song is with a different organisation and then you have to pay them a separate fee. So APRA's about, for like, fringe shows because they base it on revenue. So I'm not talking about, like, big theatres or anything mm. like that, um, it's about $99. Oh, 
And then, for example, we also have to apply to Universal Music to use some songs that we want, and that's also another $55. So we're paying about $154 in music licensing. And that all takes time too. 100%. Six weeks out. Mm. Minimum six weeks out. Mm. Yeah. Did Florence and the Machine say no? (laughs) I was so cut. Yeah, Florence said no to using her songs, which we love you, Florence. So if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, um, please, if, please give us licensing to your songs. If um, Florence Welsh is listening, um, I'm, I might just pass out, to be honest. What? I mean, just breathe heavily. Can we just, <laughs> <laughs> can we just, like, at her in the comments, please, can we, like, send you that kind of song? Yeah, please, can we use Dog Days Are Over? We really love the song. It sings the show so really well. We couldn't use it last time, but please, so please, well. everyone tag her in the comments below. Please. <laughs> and then we get, like, a cease and desist. Oh, oh my God, God, no. That would be so much worse. We're worried about that because we haven't approached Nestle about Nutella. No one said, no, Mm-mm. that never happened. No. no. It's hazelnut spread. Hazelnut spread. It is. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then you have to budget what you have for props and costumes. Um, our show, as I said, has a zero costume budget, but I'm budgeting about $200 for props because uh, we use Nutella. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we hazelnut spread. We use hazelnut spread. Uh, a nut, non-hazelnut. A nut-free <laughs> hazelnut spread because Peter is highly allergic to the actual nuts. Um, oh, man. What are they doing? Yeah. This show uses a lot of consumables. There's also, at one point, a rain of fries. Oh, my gosh. I remember seeing the um, the ads for that, and I was just like, on the one hand, damn, I could go for fries right now. But then on the other hand, oh, I don't want that touching my skin. Oh, that – oh, what was that like? What was that like to be in that bathtub? in a, a shower of fries. Mm-hmm. It was something. I can't say it was good. I can't say it was bad, but it, I, I could, I could, I felt like I had an extra layer of skin, like walking out. I was like, is this skin or oil Ooh. or salt? <laughs> like just. Yeah. Did you have any cuts on your body? Because you imagine oh that's right. No, or... I, I did. Did you get any like fries landing in your eyeballs? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was a yeah. few times. Yeah, a few times. <laughs> And, you know, I've been directed, you got to look good and, like, you got to dance. And look I'm like, sexy well, while being pelted well, with fries. Can you dance naked in a shower while fries are being thrown at your while face? While there's five crew members Five crew around. members standing <laughs> at you. So that was difficult because I'm trying to look like I'm enjoying this <laughs> when clearly I wasn't. I mean... I was, you guys. If you watch the trailer, oh, it, it looks better it with Nutella. It does look amazing. Like that was stellar acting work, Oscar worthy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So right. we don't quite have the shower in the show, but there is like fries raining down at one mm. point. Yeah. Do you do you reuse the fries? No, they get stamped and tr- because also uh, like before the yeah. before like the spoilers, but this isn't a spoiler. Like Peter does eat gum before oh, no. the rain down, so uh-huh. we can't. Rain down and then the next day. Oh, oh no. He eats oh, no. And the old draft had never ate any, and so we reused them. <laughs> but, no, no, but okay, what we did, we dried them out. So Macca's fries don't grow mold. No. So we dried them out for a week, they just stayed fries, and then we reused them for every show because in that version, in the powerhouse, I never ate any fries. Do you know what? Like, I, this is a very side note, mm-hmm. but like, I've done a few shows now where there's been food needed in the show. So, like, our mm-hmm. apartment at Fringe just stinks of fries because I'm going out and buying fries and they're just like it just smells 
I did a show once um, where we had pizza. The actors actually, mm-hmm. and so I would buy pizza and cook it, like just a you know two dollar yeah. pizza, cook it in the oven, and then we'd walk it across to the venue. And then I walked in one day and I was like, why why does our apartment smell of lonely old man? And I was like, what's going on here? And I realised both actors were using the same Lynx deodorant. One of the actors had she had forgotten a deodorant, so she was borrowing from the other actor. They were both using some Lynx astrocity and the smell of cooked pizza. And this equals lonely, lonely single man smell. All single man. Wow. Yeah. That's a... You know, if you want to create ambiance, uh, uh, that was it was a special special type oh, of ambiance wow. that one. But yeah, our our apartment just kind of oh wow some fries. But yeah, it's just because we go through so many consumables. Our prop budget is two hundred. Maybe that's something that you should like become known for. Backyard theater company known for consumables in shows. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're pro at handling them by now. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it'll be fine. It'll what be fine. could what could possibly go wrong? Just you wait. I'm just kidding. Nothing will go wrong. <laughs> no one will slip. No one will fall. It'll all go to plan. It'll all be fine. Oh, and God. then, moving on. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the biggest one mm-hmm. um, that I think is a little bit of a hidden cost, but I put quite a lot of money towards it, is marketing. Yeah. So I actually put $1,500 towards marketing, which is actually still a very, very small marketing That's budget. That's a tiny marketing budget when, like, you consider even, like, what um, a place like Metro Arts or oh, yeah. what Brisbane Power, what Brisbane Powerhouse would have big bucks, um, but something like LeBlot, because you're talking social media ads and you'd be doing – you said that you prefer only posters in the venue plus flyers, so that's printing plus I'm assuming like a graphic designer to do the design for the show stuff. Uh, we've been very nice in having that in kind, but yes, you? 100%. Yeah, and then what you've got like paper. Um... Actually, our biggest cost at the moment that I've been experimenting with is actually paying for adverts in the festival guide. Ooh. Um, okay. This is reason why I don't do posters anymore because mm-hmm. you would have to pay someone to put them up in cafes all mm-hmm. around the city. So, for example. Um, or you'd have to do it yourself and that's just oh, time you could be spent doing better things. But you don't get to the city early Oh, that's right. So we're flying into Melbourne two mm-hmm. days before opening night. Yeah. Putting up posters two days before you mm-hmm. opening night, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. So you actually need to pay. It, this is if you're travelling to, mm-hmm. to a fringe show. So you need to pay someone a month out mm-hmm. to be putting up the posters on your menu. And so I was looking into this and then I actually realised, well, actually, the fringe festivals most of the time, their programs mm-hmm. are everywhere. They're in every single yes. cafe all throughout Marketing the city. Hack. But those fringe ads are expensive. Mm. They knew were, about the hack. Yeah, they're just like we, we're spending eight hundred dollars mm. on an advert in a program. Yeah. And at the moment, touch wood, I mm-hmm. felt it's been worth it. Mm-hmm. But you know, how can you quantify that? Like, unless you're doing a poll as the audience members leave, yeah. going. But I think it's just one thing, like, I like um, I don't mean to be throwing Peter under the bus here, but what? What? Is, is this, a, is this a, a retaliation from the last previous times Peter's throwing myself and Caitlin under the bus? But I just don't think, you know, you were you sort of said, oh, we'll just put some posts on social media and it'll be fine. I was like, yeah, but no one in Perth knows about Backyard Theatre Collective and no one in Melbourne knows about True Backyard Theatre Collective. 
So, you, yes, we can do our best to post, but you need so many other different ways you're reaching that audience. Um, and I think that's just something that artists don't put enough money towards is marketing. Yeah. And it's like you were saying in, I can't remember if it was in the episode or in this, but um, you said that, you know, it's you can have the best show in the world, but if you don't do a good marketing job, then well, who's going to know about it? Yeah. Who's going to come and see it? If you have the best show in the world and no one's there to see it, did it even happen? No, let's Did not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you also have to accept there's going to be nights. Like, we, we've we been very lucky. Like, we've had near sell-out audiences and things like that. But, like, you've got to accept there's going to be some nights. You might have three people in the audience. Mm. And that may not be, like, anything that you've done wrong. It could just be the fact that there's a sports game on and people are stuck in traffic. <laughs> or <laughs> Yeah, well, every night that we performed in Perth, something was on. I think the second night we... Um, we performed it was like the rugby or something something to do with sport how dare they i know and then, <laughs> and then our last show was the uh, the day before back to school oh so like no young parents were out no no yeah. young people were out no uni people were really out you know what i mean mm. so it's just it's like yeah a small window mm. yeah. gosh that's the thing, like, you have to be aware of things happening on the peripheries in a way, but... Yeah. It's and also so about how much you're going to let them affect you. Like, yeah. you know, I think we're actually performing one night, which is the AFL Grand Final in Melbourne. Like, oh, we, you know, we're just going to have to accept that for what yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 Um, I would love to... Oh, wait. Are you finished? Yes. With... Yes. So, basically, a lot of money. I think... I think All the money. All the money. Yeah. So... Um, and then you also really asked, quickly asked about how do you get money? Yeah, how do you get it? Um, so I have worked out like how much we need to break even, but the funding. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you decide to do a crowdfunding campaign, such mm-hmm. as possible, yep. um, or if you decide to apply for funding. So we were very, very lucky. We were being supported by Creative Partnerships Australia through their Match Lab program, which um, supports artists by matching all the money they've raised dollar for dollar. Mm-hmm. So we raised $6,600 through Possible and an Australian Culture Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, they've matched that by six thousand. So we've had $13,200 worth of funding. Heck yeah! Which has been awesome. fantastic mm-hmm. and it's a huge help. And they also taught us quite a lot about how to approach sponsors and donors and things like that for future. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, you, you, you're you going to have to do alternative Yeah fundraising um, yeah. unless you've got some sweet bucks saved up that you're ready to drop at throw it. away yeah, throw mm. away into the burn it in the fire mm. fire of theater the theatrical furnace yes yeah. fun <laughs> <laughs> um peter what what do you reckon is um like some of the greater lessons that you've learned as a performer and as a creative doing um, not only the process of like developing a teller, but like doing a touring French show. What have I learned? I've learned you need to surround yourself with good people, I think, mm. because as much you could have the best person for the role, but you're never gonna look at the whole experience if you're around people who you don't really get along with. Mm. That's why I'm so lucky to have Kristen and Caitlin um, on my team, and also we have a few um, crew member friends who tag along when they want, which is awesome. Well, we had Hannah Belanski come with us to Perth, as well as Darcy Jones. And and Melbourne, I'm not sure if they've confirmed, but we have a couple more people Mm -hmm. with us. So it's always nice. And, yeah, what I've also learned is that the hub, like uh, the artist bars, Mm -hmm. pop up. 
meet other people it is one of the best things ever mm-hmm. it's such a great environment and yeah yeah that was a really wholesome answer it was. i think i think when i uh, maybe come back to me in two years and i have a lot <laughs> a lot a, a, a tougher answer than that uncensored uncensored answer <laughs> The fries reprise. Yeah. No, something like that. <laughs> what is your experience? Don't do it. Keep the money and go to Europe. Just go to Europe, Becky. It'll be fine. Just go to Europe. Don't do it. No, I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm, I've been enjoying it so far. I've only had the one stop, but we're about to go to Melbourne. And hopefully many more that we won't say because it's still on embargo. embargo. It's all we haven't finished applying for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we can say, but like, so twenty twenty, I think we're planning on doing um, Fringe World again in Perth Mm -hmm. and Adelaide Fringe, and then hopefully Melbourne Comedy Festival, and then hopefully Edinburgh Fringe. If you do Edinburgh Fringe, I will 1,000% take that as an excuse to book a plane ticket to Edinburgh again. Because Stop. Yeah, no, do I it. love Edinburgh. Oh, like, oh, oh, man. Yeah. Yay. Can I? Oh, you I can do one of our crew. So when you yeah, come I was on about this crew, to say. Mm. and you can, like, crash with us and get an artist pass and help us out with bumping and bumping. Yeah. And then, yeah. Do it. All of that, except you said bumping and bump out, and my heart immediately uh, went, oh. <laughs> Especially for this show, there's a lot of baby wives to get that Nutella off the wall. Oh, delicious. Oh, God, Nutella. Spoiler alert. Oh, it gets. Yes, it gets <laughs> everywhere. And look, we, last show we did was on carpet, so that was interesting. Oh, yeah. We, did you put, like, one of those drop mats down? Yeah, we did. We had a tarp. Yep. We performed on a tarp. Which wasn't. Great from a health and safety perspective, but from a the venue won't kick us mm. out perspective, it was very much needed. But Look, yeah. broken bones can heal. You can never not get off that blacklist. <laughs> yeah, true. It, pretty much, pretty mm, much. True. But yeah, there's a yeah. It got really up high the walls. Like we're lucky. Darcy was quite tall. He was at like I'm quite tall myself. Wait, but... wait. Is there a height requirement to be a crew member? Please say no. Oh well, I think you can get the. Parts that are yeah, really I can do the low down. Yeah, it'll be nice. Okay. Picking up all those fries actually takes a really long. So you can be on fry duty, and then we just have have to have another talk crew member. Yeah, with Josh Lyons. There we go. Joshua Lyons, which is awesome. Yeah. Just tall as a tree. Yeah. He he he's Josh is very tall. He's very lovely. He's very tall. He is as lovely as he is tall. Yes. He. Well, we might just snatch him up for Melbourne. We'll he, see. He oh. might be coming home, which is great. So we've got a tall crew member to get. That Nutella off the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I'm 178 centimetres, so I'm quite tall for a female, and he makes me feel tiny. There's mm. not many people that make me feel... Not, like, tiny. physically, though, but, like, Josh is a lovely man, and he will never make me oh, feel like... Oh, he's a gentle Josh. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. brilliant. We love him. Yeah. I love uh, that Josh got more airtime than Caitlin Hill. Oh, my God. On this podcast. <laughs> woman that actually started the whole show and yeah we're here. The show. okay well tell us about caitlin um, tell us about yeah come on go on there. go on um, so, um i think caitlin's keen she's keen as a bee she is and that's all i have to say <laughs> all right i'm checking that's it out such, yeah. that's such a plug uh so caitlin is um a film and television and theater actor she was one of australia's first youtubers she was she was that girl online on youtube it very and, much yeah. so and she's got a show called snacks and facts at the moment which oh, is it's still going oh my god yes hilarious it's so funny love it um 
especially because I spend a lot of time in England, my partner's English, and she did a whole thing on, like, English food, and mm. it's just so funny trying to watch her eat, like, some weird sandwiches that she's made, and I'm like, no, no, that's not that's not how you make this. It's like watching people not from Australia make Vegemite on toast, and you're like, oh, don't do you're it You're like, like, no, that. no, 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 no! Very much so, yeah, yeah. 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 That was it. So, yeah, so she is, um, yeah, an incredible theatre maker that is just so wonderful to have devising a performance, but then she's so charismatic on stage. Like, she, her comedic timing is just on point. Mm. And I think I said this in the last episode, she, she'll make you laugh so hard one minute and then she'll make you cry the next minute. And I think I just really love watching Caitlin on stage. It's true. She has this, like, kind of magnetic energy. And she, you know that, like, from the second that she steps out, she's got the entire audience in the palm oh, of her hand. Oh, in the palm of her hand. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the second she'll step out and she'll give a smile and everyone is just... But that being said, I think we got a review where... Peter was saying that uh, they said Peter could charm the pants of a snake, and I was like, uh, "Is that a saying?" But I'm taking that as a compliment that Peter's really charming as well. That sounds like a very Australian saying. I was like, "I don't, I don't know. I don't understand." Yeah, I never but, heard that. But Peter's charming, and I think that's what I yeah, just used. Okay. Well, look, I don't know what your ex- I'm an immigrant, so I don't know what your excuse is, but <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, uh, I, 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 no, no, no. It's Probably. just a very bizarre thing. That is very bizarre. Like, <laughs> a race card. Oh, I'm Indonesian. No, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, alrighty, is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about in terms of like the development or any um, tips that you could give to people who wanted to kind of follow in your footsteps? I think that if you want to definitely put this on for French shows, hold a development and hold a showing and invite as many industry people as you can. So when you do need a support letter, you have someone who's seen the show Mm. to support you. Yeah. Because I I found that finding support letters when you're reaching out to these professionals, you go, oh, I know this professional, but they haven't seen my show. How can they support me? Um, Blind faith. (laughs) so, So that's a bit difficult. So I... Yeah, I think the more effort you put in behind the scenes, and but even before you even go to Fringe, will pay off the second you start preparing for Fringe. Yeah, yeah. I think mine's a little bit similar in in take your time with creative development. I think the amount of people that I've seen do one creative development and then try to do Fringe, and the show is still not quite there. Mm. It's still like it's still a little bit raw. Okay. And. Um, you know, Boys Taste Better Looking Hill I had Short and Sweet and then it had a creative development from winning all the awards at Short and Sweet. Um, and then we had another creative development before we took it to fringe festivals and then we're gonna have one more before we take it on another tour. Ah, so it's really like slick. Yeah, hundred percent because you know, it we're going back to fringe festivals. Mm. Like we, we did really well at Perth, like we won the best theatre award the weekly award for mm. best theatre. We had tons of rave reviews, like we did and we had nearly sold out audiences, like we did really, really well. But like and people will remember that and talk about it. But if you have a bad show, people also remember that. Mm. They'll go, oh, don't go see that company. That Their work's yeah. not very good. So I think if you want to do it, just think plan ahead, plan two years ahead. I know that might seem really long time. But plan it out. Plan when your creative developments are and then make a show that you're really happy with before you take it over. Yeah. Because, yeah, you don't want to spend all that money and you don't want to potentially lose all that money for a show you're not proud of true that's true because like i know that fringe is a place to be like experimental and to do stuff that you know is not perhaps 
or whatever the man in the big hat would call art and program or whatever. We don't like that man. Um, we don't like the man in the big hat. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, at the same time, like you were saying, you do, this is a substantial amount of money mm. and it's a substantial amount of time and effort to be putting in and, like, faith to build with your network and then if you don't do everything to make sure that the work is, like, you know, has its best chance of success, that makes sense. Like, maybe take it to a festival like uh, like Short and Sweet or anywhere festival in Queensland uh, where there is very limited financial danger. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And test it out and then learn your lessons and then, yeah. and then take it on. I think, I think that's so important because getting audiences to theatre at the moment is hard. Mm. Theatre is not a sexy word. No, it's not, <laughs> it, we have to entice them to get out of their gym jams. Get into the car, potentially pay for dinner, etc. Mm. Like, you know, we want to give them something of value for their time. Yeah. They've given up their time and their cash to come and see your show. Mm. You know, make sure that it's something that – make it wacky and experimental and have people walk mm. in and go, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what that was. <laughs> I don't get it. That's fine, but mm. you're still giving them value in some yeah. way. Um, yeah, they don't have to love the show. You just know you're being professional. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a big key. Be be professional about it. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Thank you guys for like coming on and for doing this extra taste with me. I really love talking to you. And yeah, um, can we hear those dates again? So when can we find you at Melbourne? Uh, and where can we find your socials? And what can we do to support? So I know the possible. Sorry, the Match Lab campaign has closed that is all done mm. um but you can definitely definitely help us out by sharing mm. on mm-hmm. socials yeah, yeah our social medias are at backyard theater collective on instagram and at voice taste better with nutella backyard theater collective also have a facebook page so make sure to give that one a like or follow my personal one at peterwood or Kristen maloney at Kristen, no, just kidding. I will not plug Kristen. She can do that herself. <laughs> Send it to your Perth friends, to your Melbourne friends, to your Edinburgh friends. Get your Edinburgh friends to write like letters of recommendation. And your Adelaide friends as well. Oh, yes, Adelaide. Adelaide sorry. as well. But we'll be at Melbourne Fringe on, in September. So we're performing at the Melba Sawtree. So that's that's a pop-up venue in the Melba Spiegel Tent. Well, not in the tent. It's beside, I think. What's um, a Spiegel Tent? Yes. What is a speaker? Yes. <laughs> correct. I, yes, correct. That's, that's, a, that's correct. I think uh, it is it is it like the old fashioned sort of circus. Oh, the big top experiences. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. I really should have looked that out. But we're in the Melbourne Sawtooth. Okay. Cool. Which is their theatre venue. So we're not in the big one. We're in mm-hmm. the uh, intimate one. It is. It's an intimate show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter's just doing that for 50 minutes while Caitlin eats Nutella. Um, Caitlin sits on the stage, lit by a single spotlight, eating Nutella. You put on the headphones, the noise-cancelling headphones, over your ears. Silence, and then... <laughs> this is not the show. This is no, not the show. No, just to no, clarify. No, ours is a very funny two-person show about two people. We promise. Dealing yeah. with relationships in life mm. and <laughs> kind of failing at it, but in the funniest way possible. <laughs> yeah. um, but we're performing there, Melbourne Sawtooth, on the 13th and 14th. Then we have a few days off, and then we're back on the 18th, 19th, and 20th, and 21st of September mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Excellent. 
Alrighty. Well, it has been such a joy to have you guys on for a second time. Thank you so much for coming in and thank you all for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Pickett, music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast because it really helps other people find us. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook at StumbleThroughPodcast. We also have a Facebook group. What? Paula can sometimes do technology. (laughs) (laughs) Join us there and stay tuned for more. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber, in order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. 